You're listening to the P-Town Church Podcast. To learn more about our in-person services or additional sermon content like this, visit palcc.org. That's P-A-L-C-C dot O-R-G. Well, we had a great Sunday last week with our uh, resurrection celebration and our Easter breakfast, and I appreciate all the hard work that goes into that. But then there's always kind of a letdown, you know, after resurrection celebration, Easter Sunday, things like that. uh, I'm trying to, uh, I I was kind of in a a haze most of the day anyway, so um, coming back and trying to get back into the groove of things is very important. And as we do, we just remember what we're trying to study here as we do our deep dive into the book of Hebrews. And today, We're in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 and 15, or is it wherever we are? Um, It's uh, in Hebrews chapter 4. I've been working ahead in sermons too, so sometimes I'm I'm already to that next week. So we might be in 12 and 13 today. We'll know when we get down here in our notes. But today we're going to talk about how Scripture is the solution for the problems that we have. And we all have problems, but we sometimes forget that the main thing, the biggest thing that Scripture does for us is it helps us with the problems we've created in our own lives because of our own moral filth. And so today I want to talk to you about moral filth and mirrors and how Scripture is the solution to help us see. And the reason that this is important because it's not just the obvious things that we look at in terms of moral filth, but it's the little things that we need help with as well. And we use the illustration of mirrors because mirrors can save us from a lot of personal embarrassment. I don't know, um, sometimes when you are heading out the door or just before you go in some place, you pull the mirror down and you look at yourself in your car, uh, making sure there's nothing in your teeth, that you don't have a little boogie hanging, that you don't have any hair out of place. I don't worry so much about hair being out of place. I just, if I, I just want there to be something out there out of place. Uh, but my family is very concerned about my wild eyebrows. Does anybody else get to a certain age and your eyebrows just become, you know, wild? And so they're always clipping on my eyebrows, things like that. So I'll check my eyebrows out on occasion. And uh, of course, there's always the zipper factor for men. Is that uh, zipped up? And the reason that that uh, always comes to mind is uh, I've shared this story with you before. But when I was a teenager, there was this. A beautiful uh, young woman, uh, young mother, her name was uh, Miriam, and she was singing at church one Sunday. And of course, we're all infatuated by her beauty anyway. She's still just one of the most beautiful women that I've uh, ever seen. And uh, so she's singing, and um, they're trying to uh, help with microphones and, and things like that. And there was a guy named Rex who was kind of leading the services that day. And uh, the uh, microphone holder, the stand, wasn't uh, working. And so he was trying to help out. And so he takes the microphone. And I'm going to have to do this so you can see. He goes like this. And, of course, back then, everybody's shirts were tucked in, right? So he's holding the mic up like this. And his fly was undone. So how many of us remember anything that Marion sang that day? None of us. How many of us remember that Rex's fly was open? All of us who saw it that day. Now, that would have been a good occasion to check in the mirror to see if that is the case. And 
for some men, you might say, well, I checked, you know, before it came in, and it just kind of works itself down every once in a while, those zippers do, so it can't be helped. But mirrors can help us save a lot of personal embarrassment, like a mirror. Scripture can save us from personal, it can save us from professional um, embarrassment as well. Because it can show us how we appear to others. And that's what the Word of God does. It reflects. It helps us see who we truly are, what we truly look like. And that just on the surface, this is the amazing thing about Scripture, is it peers way down deep inside. And we'll dig into that and how that helps us today. James, as Andrew was talking about in the book of James today, James used an illustration about mirrors that might help us from James chapter 1, verse 21 through 25. He says, Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So James makes this connection with our ability to be blessed by God and be effective in the things we do with really being able to see what's going on in our hearts and minds. And of course, the key is not just listening to the word, but doing what the word says. Because if we just listen, it's like looking at the mirror and say, yeah, I get it. I'm, uh, there's some things I need to work on this week. And then you walk out the door here on Sunday and then you forget everything that was said. And that's why we like sending home those, um, the information, the deep dive instructions on the back of the little cards that you come in that, that on the back side of that, if you're not aware, there's a whole week's worth of instructions where you can dig into the scripture. And uh, we also update those on our church Facebook page, and you can become a part of that if you would like, where there's more information that is posted every day where you can do some deep dive instructions. All of that is so that we're not just forgetting what we saw when we looked in the mirror of God's Word on Sunday. Now, I know some of you men probably could get away with going from Sunday to Sunday looking at a mirror. But you ladies, you know you can't do that and really uh, go out and be presentable in public. So it's important for us to look into the mirror daily to see what it says about us. So our deep dive into Hebrews, uh, here we go, chapter 4, verse 12 through 13, teaches us that moral filth that is prevalent can only be gotten rid of when we humbly accept God's word planted in our hearts and minds. We can't just listen, but we must do. Because if we just listen and don't do, we quickly forget what the word has revealed, what we look like. So we're blessed only when we hear and do what God's word teaches us. And that's the connection. It's correlated. You want God's blessing? You want to be personally effective? You want to be professionally effective? You want to be someone that God can use in this culture? Then listen to the word. Do what it says. 
And what the Word will do, it will reveal things in our attitudes, in our intentions that we need to correct and turn over to God and honor Him in. And that's how He blesses us in what we do. And it's important today because we're living in what I'm calling filthy times. You know, maybe 60 years ago, 40 years ago, maybe even 20 years ago, culture was moral enough that if you were morally, culturally sensitive and you were doing what was morally accepted in culture, then you'd be getting by because it mirrored enough of what God's Word teaches us, but not anymore. We're living in filthy times. A good example of this is that when we were in the hospital with Matt, and let me just say that the nurses and doctors, and they did an incredible job and things like that. But you get a sense of not their professional side, but their character side, their personal side, when they're just right outside the room and they're interacting with one another. And one of the things that kind of disturbed me, and I know it shouldn't, uh, but maybe it should, is that when they were outside of the patient's room, their interaction and the words that they used became unprofessional and very vulgar. In other words, uh, they were dropping F-bombs left and right, if you know what I mean. Now, these are educated people. They are, um, they are professional in when they're dealing with the patients, and they're very uh, patient with them, and they're kind to them. But it just kind of seemed to be inconsistent that they'd walk out of the room after being kind and considerate and start talking that way to one another. And then, as you're there for a long period of time, you get to hear some of their plans for the weekend and some of the things that they're planning on doing. And then it begins, you begin to wonder, uh, are they really even able to take care of this person that you love so much? Well, that's just a reflection of the immoral filth that we live in. And it's easy for Christians to get mired in the filth of the this world. And it kind of reminds me of pig pens. And the only real experience I've had with pigs was the Benjamin Quapa Children's Home. They tried to raise pigs for the kids, the boys that were there, to teach them, you know, values and hard work and things like that. But they had this pig, and I think they named it Gertrude because they called it Gertie. And that pig, they would clean it and clean it and clean it. And then what would the first thing the pig would do after it was clean? It'd go right in the pig pen, go right in the mud, and it'd get marred around. So you can come to church every Sunday. You can hear the communion meditation. You can say, Lord, please forgive me. This is what's going on in my life. And then you walk out these doors, and you go right back into the pig pen. And it's hard not to get mired by or to get infected by or, or, or dirt, uh, made dirty by the mud that is out there, the filth that is out there. As I said, the Word teaches us how we can get rid of this in our lives. We are filthy because we have become so much like the world around us because we don't want them to think we're different from them. When the whole point of being a Christian is to stand out and be separate so that you can be a light and a salt unto the world. As a matter of fact, there are studies that have been done, especially by George Barna, that show that there's no literal difference between Christians and non-Christians, between believers and non-believers in their lifestyle, in their choices, in what they believe, and what they do. And there really should be a big difference, especially as the culture becomes more filthy and more, uh, and, uh, more immoral it's important for Christians to be clean and pure and set apart.
So today we want to talk about how Scripture teaches us to actively get rid of this filth that's in our life and how it teaches us to be cleansed from it because there's no rest for us when we live in filth. I hope you know that. There's no risk for those who rest for those who are living filthy lifestyles. We sometimes think that people, you know, they indulge in every form of immorality and impurity and indecency, and we think they're having fun. You know, we think that they're very fulfilled and they're at peace. No, they're not, because they're just going deeper and deeper into all those things, because as the Bible says, you're never satiated in immorality or impurity or indecency. You only find satisfaction in God's word and in his love. So we need to understand how God's word looks into our heart. The scripture is the solution for us so that we can overcome the filthy society in which we live. And the first thing we need to consider here is that God's word is proactive. God's word is proactive. It says, therefore, the word of God is alive and active. It's alive and active. Meaning that it just doesn't set on the pages. It is ready to release into you a burst of life and energy if you will read it. Some people feel that way about books that they read. They might think, man, I read that, it changed my life. And the purpose, the very purpose of Scripture, the solution that it creates for us is that whatever darkness, whatever discouragement, whatever um, uh, thing that we're going through in life, it can speak to. And it can set us free because it is alive and active, meaning it is proactive in us. It is ready to cleanse us. It's kind of like a, a hot shower, you know, um, when you um, are, are dirty and you're filthy and you are worn out and tired. There's nothing that kind of invigorates you more than a hot shower. So God's word is like a hot shower and it is ready to cleanse you whether you need it or not. And you're the one that has to decide whether or not you're ready for that shower. God's Word's ready to cleanse us. It's ready and it's ready to, to um, get rid of all the filth that's on us and in us. But we have, to be, we have to make the decision to get into that shower and let it uh, be active and alive in us. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 through 3 reminds us about the power of the Word it says, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. The son, listen to this part, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. And after he provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the throne in heaven, or the majesty in heaven. So Jesus is this powerful word that sustains us. He purifies us through his word. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. He settled everything as far as sin is concerned with his sacrifice. And so what his word says to us cleanses us completely, fully. God's word is proactive our lives can be scoured by Jesus' powerful word because it purifies us as it elevates us. It purifies us as it elevates us. And it does so by letting us see, as we look into the mirror of Scripture, exactly the things we need to address 
Do we need to adjust something? Do we need to clean something? Do we need to fix something? And it's not so that we will feel more guilt and shame. The only people who feel guilt and shame are those who ignore the Word of God and don't want to look there. But if we believe that God loves us and that He's really ready to help us, we can open up our hearts and minds to this living and active Word and it will purify us as it elevates us. God's Word is proactive. But the other thing that God's Word is, is that it is penetrating. Hebrews 4.12, the second half of it says, it's sharper than any double-edged sword, and it penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Now, the amazing thing about that is, the word judge is, is uh, uh, kritikos, which means we get the word critique from, where you are trying to kind of decide, discern what's going on. We can really look at ourselves um, objectively from God's perspective, from God's point of view, because the word penetrates. It's sharper than anything that we have here on this earth that would help us see what's going on in our life. It's superior to those things because it penetrates dividing of soul and spirit, joint and mind. There are some things we do, like we might have cognitive therapy or we might have reflection or we might go on walks and think about our life. We might meditate. We might do all those things. But none of them are quite as effective as the Word of God because it penetrates our soul and spirit, our joint and mire, to judge our thoughts and attitudes. Now, why judge our thoughts and attitudes? Because that's where our actions and activities flow from. So, when we allow God's word to penetrate into our thinking, to critique our thoughts and our attitudes, and then we change them accordingly to what God's word teaches us, then we are made strong. Some people might think, well, I'm so crusty and you know, locked in on some things. Nothing can help me. I want to Thank Dwayne McEldowney because he introduced me to PB Blaster one day. Uh, he works with PB Blaster when he was working on the garage doors, and you know those things, uh, bolts can get stuck and corroded, and all those different kinds of things. And so he said, about once a year, you're supposed to pray, spray all those uh, joints and stuff with PB Blaster because it even knifes and lubricated, keeps them going. But if you get a really stubborn bolt or something, you just spray it and you let it soak in, and then you can break that crusty old locked-in bolt that's on there. Well, that, that's how God's Word does. It penetrates. It can penetrate those things that have created this crustiness in our hearts and minds. And then it can help us address those thoughts and attitudes so that we can break free from those things that are holding us down. It reminds me of Hebrews 12, verse 23 through 25, which says, You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Abel, see to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? Now, the point here is that Jesus is warning us from heaven. He is giving us this PB blaster that can penetrate our thoughts and attitudes so that we can judge them now and we can get rid of them now. 
And we can live in God's blessing and God's grace and make this world a better place now. Or we can refuse what he's saying to us. Just live by our gut or instinct by what other tell, others tell us that is acceptable to do in this society. And be frustrated and contribute to the downfall of it. Because you see, our lives are scrubbed by Jesus' judgment. Or our God, we're just going to put it in God's hands where he will judge us because of our rejections of Jesus' warnings. When we stand before the Lord on judgment day, it's pretty simple. The question is, do you know Jesus? Jesus, do you know this person? And we demonstrate that by saying, we know Jesus because his words every day reveal our thoughts and attitudes and we change and adjust and adapt and break free from those crusty things that are holding us back because we're listening to him. And God says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Why were you good and faithful? It's because you listened to Jesus. But to the others who don't listen, Jesus, I don't know them. Why? Because we might say we've done this or that in his name, but we've never really listened to him. God's word is penetrating. It's ready to get right there to the crux of the matter, to the heart of the matter, if we will let it. Well, God's word is proactive, it's penetrating, but it's also purifying. We come to the portion here in Hebrews 4, verse 13, where it says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Now, we are going to have to give an account to God. We know that. And we know nothing is hidden from him anyway. Everything is uncovered and laid bare. So we might as well just live our life like that. God already knows. So why not admit it? God already sees it. So go ahead and do it. They teach lawyers to never ask a question that you don't already know the answer to when, you are, uh, when you're in court. And so... God's like that. He already knows the answer. He already knows what's going on. And the only people that hide anything from anything is when we hide things from ourselves, And that is to our own demise because God's word is just designed to purify. Not to prosecute, not to persecute, but to purify. My hands are pretty raw from... <laughs> The hospital going in and out. Every time you go in and out, you're supposed to put a mask on. Good news, they told us Friday uh, at the hospitals that we were going to that the mask mandate was going to be removed. I don't know if that is locally or the Ohio Department of Health made that decision. But as of Friday, no more masks in the hospital there. Well, we left on Wednesday, so it didn't really do us any good. Went to a facility where they say you need masks, but then they said you don't really need to wear them. But we have to have that sign up there just to make sure that um, we're telling everybody that they need to wear masks. But as you're going in and out, there's still the hand sanitizer and people washing, sanitizing their hands. And so every time you go in and out, just sanitizing. Well, that's what God's word is for us. It is that sanitizer. So everywhere you go, in, out, whatever you're doing, just take a moment to let God's word purify your heart and your mind. Because you're not hiding anything from God anyway. We're uncovered and laid bare before him that we're going to give an account to. Now, God wouldn't be a very good judge if we could hide things from him. 
He's not like earthly judges that criminals can hide things from and hide lawyers who can obfuscate what is true or what is uh, uh, accurate. God already knows that we're guilty. God already knows that we've fallen short. God already knows that we've sinned. And the purification process starts when we acknowledge. That's why the Lord's Supper is so important, is we're acknowledging the sin that we're involved in, the filth that has covered us, and we're asking for His forgiveness now so that we can work through that. Hebrews 10, verse 21 through 22 reminds us, since we have a great high priest over the house of God, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. You see, we have access to God. And we'll talk more about that in a couple weeks when we go to the throne of grace. But today, we can draw near to God with a sincere heart, full assurance, Because God, Jesus has cleansed us. He's cleansed us, our consciences, and he's washed away our sins. Now, it says this in reference to our relationship to God right now. So there's no reason for us to hide things from God because he knows what's going on. That's why we can have full assurance when we come to him because we know he's not there to persecute or prosecute. He's there to purify us with his word. And our lives are sanitized the closer we draw to Jesus because only he can cleanse our consciences and our bad habits if we will let him. Now, the pig pen of culture in which we live will leave the stench of filth on us because what we watch, what we listen to, and often think about is worldly in nature. Now, we don't live in monasteries where you sing hymns and, you know, praise God all day long. The only thing you read is scripture. The only thing you talk about is God's word. We're living in a culture that is lost in moral filth. So as believers, we have this big challenge. And that is, are we going to let the pig pen of culture ruin us with its stench? By watching and listening and doing what the rest of the world does. We live in an immoral culture at this time, but we can choose to be proactive by allowing Jesus' word to penetrate our thoughts and our attitudes to purify us. Now, practically what that means, just remember the little song, Oh, be careful little eyes what you see. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. For the Father up above is looking down in love, not to prosecute, not to persecute, but to purify. So be careful. Be careful. It's time for us to look intently into Jesus' words and do what he says so that we can continue in God's blessings because what's at risk is a greater immoral culture which will swallow up our children and grandchildren. Now, the statistics are scary, you know, that that this group that we're trying to reach in terms of the the older uh, Gen Z and the younger millennials, they are 
the least likely statistically to go to church. And the reason that they're not going to church is because they've got so many other things that are going on in life. It's not like they're setting home on Sunday morning and sleeping. What used to be our biggest um, uh, competition on Sunday morning was people sleeping in. And now it's not people sleeping in, it's people living it up that, you know, whatever they're doing on Sundays when they get out there and do those different things. And so our challenge here is for our kids and grandkids not to get them, uh, not to allow them to be swallowed up in that culture of filth or immorality because movies, streaming things, the things they see, they're just full of filth. And if you can bring to me a a um, moral good movie song or whatever and say, well, see, my kids, we watch this and my kids listen to this. I can show you a thousand that they might be listening to that is that it's corrupting them and making them filthy in their heart and mind. It's a hard job. It's not easy. But what I'm saying here is that we have this responsibility as parents, grandparents, to make sure that our children and our grandchildren at least have the opportunity to have God's Word penetrate their hearts and their minds so they can be blessed by Him. God's ready to bless them. And if we don't do what we can to teach them Scripture by exemplifying it, by letting God's Word be proactive and penetrate and purify us, and teaching them how it can do that for them, then we're leaving a very poor legacy for our children and our grandchildren. Now, I believe, and there are some who are already echoing this, that Gen Z will be the generation of revival for this culture because they've seen so many things that just do not ring true to them, and they're looking through for authentic truth. And authentic truth can only be found in God's Word because it can only really reflect what's going on in our life, but it seems like we would rather live in a world that's full of fun house mirrors. The Dark County Fair will come here in August, and I think they have a fun house. I, I can't remember, it's been a number of years since I've been there, but you know what a fun house is where you go in and they have mirrors all over, and then it's kind of a maze. And you go in and you look at the mirrors, and you, you're seeing yourself distorted in all kinds of different ways. Well, we can't look to our culture to discover what we look like uh, and need to fix because our culture is just uh, like a funhouse full of mirrors. They will distort and accentuate what they want so that you can just have some fun. But in the end, you're just lost and you never know who your true self is. That's why we need to look at the true mirror that God's word is for us. Because it is the scriptural solution for the moral filth in which we live in this culture. Let God purify you through his word. Let's pray. Father, we're indeed grateful for how your word teaches us in a very simple way. How we can be purified by your word. By just allowing it to penetrate the crustiness of our thoughts and attitudes. By allowing it to be proactive, knowing it's there every day, every minute of every day of our life, we just have to get in the shower and let it wash us. Wash away our sin, 
wash away our attitudes, wash away our hurt, wash away whatever guilt or shame we might be feeling. It's all there. And not just for us, but for people in our families, our neighbors, our friends, our co-workers who are really struggling with moral filth in their lives. It's not a matter of saying, listen, God can help you be like me, but God can help you right where you are start this process of cleansing and purification if you just open yourself up to his word. So in whatever little way we can, Father, help us this week to invite our friends, to invite them to church, invite them to, to sit down, maybe have a conversation about how God helps us in our lives, how the word of God helps us in our lives. It can help them as well. It's not the big things, but it's the million little things that we do as your children that can change the world. So help us to be a part of those million little things this week that will change our families, our friends, our culture, where we work, but most importantly, change us. And we pray this in Jesus' precious name. Let all God's people say,